It is Locked On Jazz for the 16th of December. This group, it's just incredible. We'll talk about another remarkable win, this time against the Pelicans. We'll break it down and look at the big picture of what has made this group so special and this season so unrelentingly exciting. It's all coming up on Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully way better, making every day, whoa, am I sleepy, way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are free. We are available on all podcasting apps. We're also up on YouTube. Hope you join the community and chat with each other a great deal. On four hours sleep, could not quite shut it down last night. Did, if you want your comedy, this is pretty funny. I fell asleep last night at my desk at a little before 3 a.m. while listening back to the radio broadcast. So I literally put myself to sleep last night. Um, On big games like that, I try to review the broadcast afterwards, see how we did. Um, I had some other things I had to get done for Locked On and others. And then, um, and then of course, I, um, at, at the key moment of like, supposedly, I think we had just entered overtime. I had fallen, I, or sometime in overtime, I, I woke up at the desk. So kind of funny. Um, what a group. What a like truly unbelievable group, collective group we have this year. By the way, today's show is brought to you by uh, our friends at Bet Online. They have covered you all season with more props, odds, and times than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, it's really this is a collective story, uh, and I found myself last night on postcast not entirely wanting to do our usual where we single out each individual player. There's something unique going on with this collective group of ragtag and misfits, or whatever that great line is. They're not really that either, but that's how they started the season. For the very first day we all met with them, I remember Bowler was so fired up and so right, and I was so wrong. Bowler's like, they're going to do something. They're going to do something. You can feel it. You could feel it. And I didn't buy it. And they're doing something. Uh, This group started with a collective energy of the fact that they had been told they were tanking, that they were being doubted, that they all had been re- in some way rejected other than Mike and Jordan, um, and moved on. And and now you have a, a group that is suddenly, pl- at some point along the way, has started to believe. And they've really believed when Mike Conley's at the helm. Like, there's no... It's just a crazy difference, right? So the other night, Mike doesn't start, but he plays late game and we lose. So we're now nine and four in games in which Mike Conley's played in the clutch. And we're one and six when he doesn't. I've I've said, like, I always say this to people when they ask about things in broadcasting or media. So the problem with media, which actually doesn't have nearly the problems everyone likes to make it say it has, just on either side of the ledger. It has some issues, but not, not a 
Not as much as everyone likes to make it sound. But the problem with sports media is that every single of these shows tries to identify one issue as the issue. And 90% of the time, it's a collection of like six or seven issues. Like last year's jazz team, for example. There was just a lot going on. This, this team, it's, it's one item. It's Mike Conley. Like Mike Conley is the thread that holds the fabric together. Like I've said that time and time again. I think Kelly Olynyk is equally as much. I think if, we unfort- if Kelly Olynyk were to miss some games, I think we'd see the same thing happen. It is the thread that holds this fabric together. But this fabric that's being held together by this thread is resilient. It's got grit. It's got a fight. We're 31 games into the season. They have not given us a dud. Not a single dud. The NBA schedule forces you to have bad nights. Forces you to give in duds. And this group hasn't done it. It was interesting. Holly Rowe and I were talking to Kelly Olynyk last night before the game. And Holly was asking Kelly, like, why the career year? Why the career year? And Kelly didn't really have much of an answer. A lot of these guys don't when you ask them. And then you, I, I, I took Kelly back to kind of a comment he'd made about me. We've talked about on this show, if you've listened regularly, about when Kelly went and played that brief little stint in Houston. And when Kelly goes to Houston and plays, he becomes the man for the Houston Rockets for a 25-game stretch. I'll bet they went 4-21. It was a 27-game stretch. He starts 24 of them. And Kelly scores 19 points and eight rebounds and has four assists a game. And he shoots 55% from the field and 39% from three. And then, and he gets to spread his wings and be this different player than he's ever been before. And then he goes to Detroit last year in the first 10 games of the year. He's not playing quite at the same level, but if you look, he's averaging 13 points, five rebounds, two assists. He's shooting 46% and 34% from three. It's not as dominant, but he's, he's just built off that. And so what's happening is each of these players in this collective group and this opportunity and this chip on their shoulders are getting a little bit more than they've ever gotten more. Mike's getting more than he got last year. Jordan's getting more than he got last year. Lowry's certainly getting more than he's ever had. Kelly's getting more than he's ever had. Jared's getting as much as he's ever had. Walker's getting obviously more than he's ever had. Nikhil's being reborn and getting more than he's ever had before. And Rudy Gay is reviving himself off of last year and probably the one who still is, you know, it's a hard adjustment at 35 to play. A reduced role and and I and Malik Beasley is probably in a bigger issue of just trying to revitalize who he is and what his career is after a tumultuous offseason last year that included jail time right like I mean that was pretty low like he's this is so every single one of these guys is having this experience that individually is fabulous and has collectively become remarkable just remarkable and it has all come together with this new head coach who we'll talk about later today into a group that just gives it. Gives it every night, but also gives it at every moment where you think they might not. Like, I thought they were getting run last night. I mean, I should figure it out at some point that they just have made me wrong all season long. But they'd won the night before. They were playing well. And then all of a sudden they were down 12 with 447 left in the third. Like, oh, well, the Pelicans have won seven straight. Coming in, they're really good. 
And then, frankly, Willie Green pulls one of the more mysterious coaching moves I've seen, and I don't know what he's supposed to do with Brandon Ingram Hurt and probably watching Zion's minutes, but he pulls C.J. McCollum with 447 left in the third. Zion is out is now out of the game also, and he pulls Zion with 411 left, and they when they do not have Zion Williams and C.J. McCollum or Brandon Ingram on the floor, they have the worst offense of unit in all of the NBA. Any five man, their combined five minutes are the worst of any group in all of the NBA, and they then promptly go from the four eleven mark to the one eleven mark without a field goal. And the Jazz just grab that opportunity, and next thing you know, they're leading at ninety one ninety. It's incredible. But that little thing right there, fine. Willie Green makes a mistake, but this team is still is is pushing so hard and has so much grit and so much resiliency every night. That when they get that opportunity suddenly right there to break through, they do. And they've done it every night. It's incredible. The other thing about this group that we have to, that has to be discussed, they're good. Like when Mike Conley starts, and okay, that's a big when and if in a league in which guys get hurt and your point guard's 35 years old. So maybe it's not a roster that's built to be able to handle all the injuries on the, anybody getting hurt. We certainly saw that when they go one and six in close games without Mike Conley, it's a problem. When Mike Conley starts, they're 13 and six. And he doesn't even have to like shoot it well or do anything incredible. The last two games when he's back, he's three of 16 and two of 11 from three. And three of seven from the free throw line. Like, in Mike's mind, this is probably a disaster. He's carried the team to structure, order, and wins. It's incredible. Um, the So it is... It is just awesome what we're seeing out of this group. The other thing that Mike does is it puts, as I like to say, everything in the rightful order of the basketball universe. And it does a, it does a remarkable job of being able to put order to things. And one of the things about this team of why it's good, they're 13, you know, okay, they're 13 and 6 when Mike starts. Why? They, these guys were right when they had the chip on their shoulder. There's a lot of good NBA players on this roster. Now, all of them might be being asked a little bit more than they've ever been asked before, but there's all they're, they're all good NBA players. You look at who played last night, those are good NBA players. right? Lowry Markin is turning out to be better than we thought. Kelly Olenek is terrific and always has been. He just has always been put in a small little box. Jared Vanderbilt's an appealing NBA player. Jordan Clarkson has widened who he is and shown an ability to do different things, but it's all, I mean, the guy was... Good from the first day he came out of Missouri as a second-round pick. Mike's been an all-star. Malik's one of the best dang shooters in the league. Walker's a viable NBA player. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a 17th pick of the draft. Like, I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker's had every ounce of every piece of every skill there is, except for he just hasn't put the ball in the basket. Well, now he's playing with just a level of efficiency and discipline that we haven't had before. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. All right, we'll talk more about it. I want to talk about Will Hardy. I want to talk about Clutch Play. I want to talk about Jordan. I want to talk about Lowry. I want to talk about them all. How fun is this? Today's episode is brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdoch family has been in Utah for over 80 years. 
the Murdochs are the ones who, during the car crunch, were. Blake was like, we're not charging more than MSRP. We're just not doing it. We're not, I'm not going to be running around and having people have to pay a few extra thousands of dollars during this time and then be at the grocery store, be church, be wherever I am with them and have them know that we, we gouge them. It's just not who we are. They're part of our community, the Murdochs. And then the Hyundai car is just fabulous. Right now they're 0% for 36 months and no payments for 90 days on the Santa Cruz, Sonata, Elantra, Santa Fe, Tucson, and the 2023 Kona. The 2023 Kona is the small, zippy, smallest SUV. Then it works its way up to the Tucson and the Santa Fe and the gorgeous Palisade. It's all beautiful lineup of cars. When you want bells and whistles for a reasonable price, there's nothing quite like it at Murdoch Hyundai. Located at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. Please feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com, and we will make sure that we get you your opportunity to uh, get VIP service over at Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game begins for all your sports, news, odds. Find the latest at BetOnline. Last night, the Niners beating the Seahawks. Desperate times for Seahawks fans. The, the, the fun has run out. Big games this week. The Sunday night uh, NFL clash is the Giants and the Commanders. The Commanders are a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Giants, which I found surprising. Cincinnati's a three-and-a-half-point favorite going into Tampa this weekend. The Raiders and the Patriots match up with the Raiders being a, a one-point favorite. Over on the NBA end of things tonight, Sacramento continues their road swing there in Detroit as a five-point favorite. Minnesota is a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Oklahoma City. And Dallas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Portland, whereas the Denver Nuggets and the Lakers will play in L.A. with Denver and a one-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Uh, NFL NBA playoff specials. They've got 20 different things on who's going to make the playoffs. And the Utah Jazz are now plus 145 to make the playoffs, minus 175 to not make the playoffs. That's all at betonline.net, where the game starts. There's so many, like, things to talk about. Uh, and I do, I do kind of like the idea of having an, a collective conversation. The the head of the collectiveness is Will Hardy. And if we go back to Will Hardy at the beginning of the year talking about things that mattered to him, one of the things he talked about was, you know, having the right environment at all times. And whatever he has done with this group, he has created an environment where they're accepting of not having set rotations, not having a defined role, not... Um, finding themselves caught up in, in, in junk. And he's incredibly complimentary of this almost every time he hits the podium right now. That his guys are willing to try to take the gameplay to make it work, willing to play inside of the group effort, and that no one's being asked, last night's comments were that no one's being asked to do you know, everything themselves. Uh, the game plan the last two nights were really, really good. Now, hugely a part of it, as we talked about, was making Zion play both sides of the court at all times. And they, and they really did hunt him down. And actually, Zion had a better defensive night last night than he did in the, in the game prior. If you, um, if you dig into the advanced um, numbers of what their defensive rating was when Zion was on the floor, it, it was much better 
than it was the other night. The other night, Zion was the worst on the team. Last night, Zion was a 119. Um, actually, a bunch of guys were worse, and the team was a 123. So they were actually a little worse defensively when Zion was off the floor um, than on the floor. Uh, by the way, the Jazz best defensive player last night, to nobody's surprise, if you've watched the game or ta- heard or read, was Walker Kessler, 112.5. And that's one of the buttons that was pushed last night by Will Hardy on a night in which, again, his instinctual feel as a first-year head coach has somewhat blown my mind. In the sense that, and maybe these guys are different. Uh, it was Tyron Lue who was the first one who said, these new young coaches coming in the league, and I think Willie Green counts in that, and I think Taylor Jenkins counts in that, and Will Hardy are just really good, bringing new things to the game, and really prepared. And what the the thing uh, or two years ago, I think it was we had about seven, eight first year a lot of first year head coaches. Maybe it was last year, and, and my feeling was really that this was going to be a part of the storyline of the season. Uh, that these guys were not going to be prepared. The coaching in the NBA is just too hard, and that when you know they matched up against the veteran coaches like a Rick Carlisle or a Quinn Snyder or things of that nature, that they'd be exposed. That didn't turn out to be true. Will Hardy's another one of these guys who just has an unbelievable instinctual feel of how things are going to play out and what's the right thing to do. I mean, obviously it's preparation. It's obviously, I mean, I think it's preparation. I think it's being self-aware and, and prepared for these moments in time of what might be what you're thinking about and having thought about it beforehand. He also, I think the other thing about these young coaches and specifically Will, he's known he was going to be a head coach for a long time. Like probably if he's really honest, it probably became clear to him seven years ago that he was going to be a head coach. It became abundantly clear to him like four or five years ago. And once he was in Tokyo for the Olympics and sitting in a room with Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr and Jeff Van Gundy and Lloyd Pearson locked in that Hilton hotel for whatever it was, 17 days during the 2020 Olympics, there was just no doubt he was going to be a head coach. So he's thought about this a lot. And I think he's prepared for it. And some of the things he's doing he does so impressively well is understanding the right emotion at the right time and the right reaction at the right time of, of when it is to have massive reaction and when it is to be calm. It's, it's, it's a real instinct. You can hear it in his pressers. You can also watch him and see it last night was, he rolls the final 17 minutes with Walker Kessler. That's a pretty incredible move right there uh, by Will Hardy. He, he rolls the entire fourth quarter and overtime with Walker Kessler last night. Walker Kessler had not been particularly good up to that point. He got in the game like he was supposed to. He didn't roll the first seven minutes of those. What he really rolled is the last 12. The fir- or the last 10. The, the, the first ten set of those is just his regular rotation. And then he decides to just let it rip. And in that stretch, Walker in the final 16 minutes of the game, Walker Kessler's defensive rating is a 96.9. Now, Mike Conley plays eight minutes of that. His defense rating is at 81.3. So give Mike a heck of a lot of credit for the fact that on a night where he's not having a great offensive night, he really was able to turn it defensively. He, I mean, the knocking the ball out of C.J. McCollum's hands on, those, on two inbound passes in a row with a minute left to alter their routes, and then the hustle he made to get back on that final play to C.J. McCollum before handing him off to Jordan Clarkson is what makes the thread that makes the fabric stick together. Like, your teammates see that, and, and that's what happens. But that was quite a move by, by uh, Will Hardy last night to roll Walker Kessler through the final five minutes of regulation and the overtime 
And Walker's, you know, and there's some reasons. Like, this is where I think Will Hardy's also been really brilliant is there's some guys on our roster have some things that they're not very good at. And he seemingly has done a masterful job of keeping them out of those circumstances. In the 10 clutch minutes last night, Walker Kessler's defensive rating is an 84.2. Mike Conley's is an 81. I just said that in those eight minutes. So give him some credit too. Um, Markinen, Clarkson, Kessler play all 10. Alinek and Conley play eight. Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Rudy Gay play the extra minute or two on either side of that. It's really, uh, and, they, and they were terrific. The G- offensive rating was a 110. Um, the defensive rating was a 95 overall. Walker's was an 84.2. And then the last piece of the puzzle that probably is the single most important thing is they didn't turn the ball. They committed one turnover, to the best of my knowledge, in the final 10 minutes of this game. When Mike Conley has been out, we've been turning the ball over at a rate of about 30% of the time in the clutch. And Mike Conley comes back, and he doesn't check in till about the 3.30 mark of the fourth quarter. And you know what? Give Will Hardy credit there, because Mike Conley wasn't great last night. Until, it had, until he had to be great. And I really think that, I, I haven't talked to Will about it, but I, I, my vibe while calling the game was that Will Hardy was pushing Alexander Walker for every possible minute he could possibly have until he was going to go to Mike Conley. Because Mike, he didn't just know, he did not know how much Mike had left. Now, he got fortunate maybe because when C.J. McCollum buries that three with 320 left and all of a sudden Mike Conley has not played and there's 320 left and you're now down five, it certainly feels as though you might have just gone, oops, we went an extra minute or two that we shouldn't have gone without Mike Conley. And Conley comes in in the first possession. He nails Markin on the slice cut right in front of the, the, the Jazz run on, on a beautiful pass and an assist. The next possession he leads to, he makes the pass to Markin and it gets free throws. Then with 156 left in what's now a one-point game, the Jazz commit their single and only turnover and Lowry Markin and drives and Najee Marshall tr- steals it. On the next possession, with 135 left, Mike Conley spreads the floor, widens things out, spaces it perfectly, drives to bring the defender to him, kicks to Clarkson, who hits a three. Beautiful play by Mike Conley. Ron Boone goes nuts. I, I, I re-listened to this part of the broadcast was before I fell asleep. Then with 113 left in now a tie game, the Jazz, Clarkson misses, but we get an offensive rebound. Olenek does a great job, and then Conley assists Markman. I mean, he, this is like Atlanta all over again. The dude checks into the game. He assists the first basket. He assists the free throws. He doesn't do anything on the turnover. He assists the Clarkson three. He assists the Markin three. He then gets fouled and makes both free throws with 12.6 seconds left, which, thank goodness, because he misses the ones later. So in the final 3.30 that Mike Conley comes in the game, he just controls the entire game and gives the Jazz what they need. And then in overtime... If my memory is right, the Jazz do not have a turnover. Which is incredible. Particularly considering what we've watched when Mike Conley doesn't play. That clutch play is just a game changer. But also, Will Hardy stretching it. He didn't know. So that, Will, so that Mike's only played three minutes of regulation means he can play all five minutes of overtime at top level. Mike would have played otherwise. The reaction by Mike in the on the far side of the court from us late in the game is a great picture of it. Just kind of bent over in just the 
ecstasy and uh, that he is feeling. I'm going to go talk to him about it on this trip. It's just really outstanding. And he is just having an absolute ball. An absolute ball. We'll look at uh, some other last final things before we wrap this baby up uh, on a fabulous, just a fabulous day to be a jazz fan. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Prize Picks. What a fun way to spend part of your weekend, get involved with Prize Picks. And with the, this is, this is a little math question. You can figure this out. With 100% match deposit match, up to $100 on the promo code locked on at PrizePix. So you download the PrizePix app. You only have to pick, it's easy, simple. You grab a few. Um, you pick your, what is it, three to five players, two to six players. They're going to score more or less. You can win up to 25% of your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available. Every game's imaginable. And here's the math question. If it's a 100% deposit match up to $100, and you put in $73.26. What do you get? $73.26. If you put in $150, you only get $100, though. Just make sure you got that. Download the PrizePix app. Go to prizepix.com and sign up. Play daily fantasy sports. First time users. That's 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's locked on as your promo code. If you deposit $100, you get $100. Deposit $50, you get $50. Deposit $73.46, you get $73.46. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on, or all of that is mute at the sign up. Or instant deposit match. It's all at Prize Picks. Download the app today. On a serious topic over the holidays, it is important to make sure that you do not, and nor do any of the people around you, drink and drive. Everyone knows the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, there still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on their roads. But it's not just about the police. It's about the fact that if you make this mistake and you get lazy, you could have tragic consequences. So you're putting a few drinks back. A few others are as well. It's time to go. You have a moment. You think about calling for a ride. Nah, I'll be good. The minute you think that, it's time to call for that ride. Not what the odds are of being pulled over or this. Just take the moment. That one mistake can change your life for someone else's forever. So play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. Uh, Lowry, Mark, and Jordan Clarkson deserve some accolades here. And as much as I'm trying to do this as a group show, because it is the group that is stunning me and wowing me. A career-high first quarter for Jordan Clarkson, 17. A career-high first half, 25 for Jordan Clarkson. And then he just never flamed off. Like, it wasn't like he he just kept making plays after play after play. Um, on the night, was really terrific. Uh, found the mismatches. You know, late in game, Mike's not capable at 35 years old of going to beat Zion one-on-one. You can go get those mismatches, but that's not a play that, that Mike can go make anymore um, to be able to go you know, go at somebody and and beat them one-on-one. So, you know, you're getting that Zion mismatch. You've got to rely on on Jordan to be able to make those plays. Um, Jordan, terrific all evening long. And then if you take just the final 10 minutes, he makes he makes the big shots. He makes, you know, he makes the, di- he makes the dynamite three late in the game uh, on the give from Conley. He goes, he makes three field goals late. He has two rebounds. He has an assist. He has seven points um, down the stretch. And Lowry has nine. And then Walker makes a few plays. He scores five of the Jazz. So that combines for all but two of the Jazz final 23 points. The other two coming on Conley's free throws. And Walker makes some plays. He picks up a loose ball that's just a play we haven't had 
wouldn't have been made in the years past. Like, that was just a great, great play. Walker's got some really deft touch around the basket. But the the really wildly impressive performance by, by Jordan. And then Lowry Markkinen's efficiency just cannot be underestimated on how important it is for this team. You win games because, and this is why the Pelicans win games, right? You, you win Pelicans. Pelicans usually win games because Zion's scoring 31 points on 16 shots. Well, Zion scored 31 points on 24 shots the other night. Lowry Markkinen scored 31 points on 15 shot attempts. We, I decided not to do points game today. We can do it next week. It's not that it, it you know it doesn't change that much week to week, but also because this was such a big win. But like that's a points game performance on 15 shot attempts. Lowry Markin scored 31 points. The, the thing about Markin that's amazing, he takes nine of his 15 shots as threes, but he also goes to the free throw line 10 times last night. Like that collection or combination of the ability to be aggressive enough around the basket that you're going to the line all the time. And at the same time, at seven feet tall, you just have a shooting pocket at all times. He took a shot over CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum's draped on him. He doesn't even notice. Like there's, there, he just didn't even notice. And if you go look at his shot plot from last night, and it's every night, it's pretty incredible. Like last night, Lowry Markin takes two long twos, which is more than usual, a bunch of threes, and four shots in around the basket. And at the same time, shoots 10 free throws. To be able to do that is a unique, unique skill set. I think sometimes I feel like you know, you watch your own players and you forget how many other great players there are in the league. Like Julius Randle went off the other night, right? Like there's just guy, this league is just so loaded right now. And I sometimes get cautioned, like, are, you know, is our guy really that special? Or frankly, you know, is, is like Tyler Hero, I think dropped 40 last night. Like there's just guys doing it incredibly all the time. But Lowry's pretty special. Lowry's collection at seven feet, 240 pounds, ability to do all these different things. And the fact that he's still growing is, is, Unique. And it's awesome. What a fun night. Uh, And what a fun season. 31 games in, these guys haven't given us a dog yet. And they're good. Gets tough. Top two teams in the East, I think, are our next two challenges. Giannis comes up. Well, I guess Boston. Two of the top three. Um, uh, Giannis in Cleveland. uh, Before we head to Detroit on the final game of this this stand. So we'll go see Giannis. We'll go see Donovan. We'll go see Joe. We'll go see Boyan. It's the reunion tour, and it will never be hotter than 28 degrees in any of the three garden spots of America, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Detroit, that we're heading to. Hope you guys enjoy the snow this weekend. If you're a skier, this has been stupid, and I hope you've taken part of it. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.